0: going on guys it's Seth back with another defense wins fantasy and it's been a weird week really off-putting Monday night injury to Mar Hamlin who thankfully today we've gotten some really positive news about him hopefully that continues to be positive he's got a long road ahead of him to recover from something like this but man it uh It's one of those things you just don't ever expect to see when people are just playing a game to have something like that. That's scary. That real happen. You know, thankful for the athletic trainers that did the right thing at the right time, the EMTs and everybody that's involved to make sure that he's still here today and, you know, been able to say at least write some things and whatnot down. But just uh, puts everything in focus, you know, We're out here playing fantasy football. They're playing, you know, essentially a game as well. I mean, it's their livelihood, so it's a lot more relevant than what we're sitting here talking about and playing a game. But it made it tough this week as far as, you know, what to do next. Um, Sounds like they're just deciding not to play the game. Official word, I think, has just recently came out that they're just going to do that. There's some more, I think, things that might happen in the background. But all in all, if you... You won, you won, you lost, you lost. It's just as if everybody got injured. I've heard a lot of different things that people have have gone around doing. I've seen anything from basically a beer pong one-on-one game between those two people to a uh, game of simulating that entire game of Madden and taking the stats out of that to, you know, calling it like it is, let the coin flip or let them just split the money and everything left right or center of that. It's... It's a tough thing, to, tough time to be a commissioner to have something that's just not expected like this. But that's what we do, you know. We figure it out and move on. And you know, at the end of the day, it's it's just a it's just a game. It's just a season. We were dealing with somebody's that's life was at stake. So I'm okay with being inconvenienced of making these weird decisions because I know that that guy is is now recovering and trying to you know he's fighting for his life still, but. He's on he's on a positive trend, at least at this point in time. Nobody needs to go through that. It's just a weird time, but we're we're gonna move on from that. I'm just like I said, I'm I'm happy that he's doing better. Like I said, he's not out of the woods, but moving on like like life does, we're gonna talk about some more fantasy stuff and try to get back. I know it's been all over the news cycle, so I'm not gonna continue to do that, but it feels like it's something we at least need to address and talk about and I said prayers to his family and and him himself and hopefully everything continues to be positive news that we hear out of this situation. But diving back into the real, you know, the fantasy football situation, the reason you guys are listening to the podcast, go through some week 18 players to pick from. I didn't decide to do that this week because, honestly, it's going to be very similar to the players that I picked last week, which, by the way, five out of six hit. No big deal. But it's it's guys that you really want to talk about, and it's really... You need to get guys that, one, are going to be playing this entire week. So that's the tough part of Week, week 18 and why people pushed away from Week 17 when it was the end of the season. There's going to be teams that are going to be resting their players. I've already seen... You know, news that Kyle Trask might play for the Buccaneers a little bit to make sure that team stays healthy for the playoff run. They're protecting themselves to try to get a championship any way they can. They're not going to play these guys all game if they don't have to. Some games are fighting for the playoff life. Some games are fighting for seeding. Some games are just fighting because there's nothing else to play for. So you got some young guys that are going to be doing something, trying to get some opportunities. So my advice to you is teams that are already in the playoffs, even the ones that are maybe fighting for a bye or the number one seed, be a little bit more hesitant on some of those players. The teams that are playing for a playoff spot, absolutely play those guys. You know, the guys on the Detroit Lions, guys on the Packers, guys on the Dolphins, guys on the Patriots. Those type of players, Seahawks are also, you know, those teams that are right on the cusp and right in between there, they're going to be playing because they they have to. You know, they're trying to keep their season going. Then start looking at some of the young guys that are going to get some opportunities on teams like the, the Texans, the Falcons, the Colts. Look at some of these teams and, and look at their news and see if they're they're planning to start somebody out of the ordinary to get them more t- playing time, see what they got out of these players at the end of the season. That's where you can really get that one-up on your opponent because their studs that they've had all year aren't going to be studs if their team is successful in the playoffs. You're not going to see a Nick Bosa being out there the whole game. You're not going to see even probably a Roquan Smith play the whole game because the Ravens basically are settled with where they're at. They're not going to win the division. They're in the playoffs. It is what it is. You're not going to see some of these guys that have been great all year continue to play. They're just not. So... Focus on that, but what we're going to talk about today is I've got a few names, uh, Dynasty players to grab. Now, these are guys that I think you should grab before the official season's over if you're playing into a week 18 or if you still have waivers that are running because the official season isn't necessarily over or not, or if your offseason has already started. Grab these guys and just hang on to them because there's some very interesting aspects of what's going to go on with them and the other players around them. So I've just got a few names. We're going to dive a lot deeper into this as the offseason comes. We're going to talk about some rookies. We're going to talk about, you know, the draft and all that those aspects, free agency on where players are going. I'm going to keep you up to date and tell you where people are going. We're also going to follow up with the predictions from the beginning of the year and finalize those and see where people have really ended up at. But for right now, time is of the essence on some of these. You can pick them up quickly. The first guy I want to talk about is on the Dallas Cowboys secondary. It's Deron Bland. Now he's starting the nickel since uh, Jordan Lewis got hurt. And Jordan Lewis can be cut by the Cowboys and they can save $6 million uh, this offseason because he's going into his final year of the contract. I get it. Guy goes on IR. It's unfortunate. But a guy steps up, a rookie guy steps up, and and is playing lights out. How lights out is he playing? He's got 52 total tackles from the nickel position in very limited time, you know, at the beginning of the season and mostly after week eight. And he's also got five interceptions. You're getting a nickel corner that's getting that kind of Ball hawking ability? Yes, please. Because you're getting the tackles to keep a high floor and you're getting the interceptions to get him even, you know, those boom plays. Deron Bland is a guy that could go into the Cowboys next season as they're starting nickel and just dominate it. If you have a cornerback eligible spot, even if it's just D-backs, if you're getting a guy that's going to be getting, like I said, since week eight, essentially, he's had 52 tackles. So you're talking about a guy that's on pace for over 100 tackles, and he's got five interceptions to go with that. Granted, interceptions are a fickle thing, but he's putting him in the in position to get that while also keeping a high-level floor in the tackles. So Deron Bland of the Cowboys is a guy that I would pick up and just... See what happens in the off season with a guy like Lewis. The Cowboys have been struggling with cap space the last couple of years. Maybe this is a the year they're finally going to cut Zeke loose and save some money there. But if not, they got to find some space somewhere. And Jordan Lewis being cut might be the way to go about it if they know that they have somebody that can fill that role just as good or better. Next player I want to talk about is a defensive end for the sack-happy Philadelphia Eagles. It's a guy, honestly, I've been uh, pretty high on for the last couple years, and that's Josh Sweat. Now, Josh got a contract extension early in the 2021 season. It set him up through 2024 with the Eagles. So he's locked up. He's 25 years old, and this year he's got 11 sacks and and in this just absolute dominant Eagles front seven. They're not going to be able to keep this front seven completely together going forward. But he's already locked in. He has shown successful, and even more so, he's been even more successful down the stretch. He's only played 56% of the snaps for this defense this year, and he has 11 sacks. I expect him to be a solid force for the next few years. I expect him to, once again, even get more, more time on the field as the year, as you know, going into next year and the following year. He went from six to seven and a half to 11 sacks, so he's continuing a positive trend on the sacks. He knows how to get to the quarterback. He's in a great system, so he's not going anywhere. And this team has a high-flying offense, which is going to allow them to be in great position to be able to get more sacks. I said he's even been dominating in the last few weeks when they have them as a team have not been successful with Gardner Minshew, playing quarterback rather than uh, Jalen Hurts. So Josh Sweat of the Eagles is a guy that I'd be adding to my team if you can. He might be already picked up because of how great he's been uh, the last few weeks, including a pick six that he had, which is just awesome. That play was fantastic. But once again, another guy that might be lost in the shuffle of that Eagles D-line, or you might be able to trade for him because everybody kind of doesn't know how that's going to play out, but he's one guy on that D-line that is good to go for the next few years. And it's really a team-friendly deal. Next player I want to talk about is a D-tackle. Slash DN, but D-Tackle is where you're going to really get your paid dividends on this guy. Plays for the Miami Dolphins, and he's quietly one of the best D tackles in the league. I'm not talking about Christian Wilkins, I'm talking about Zach Sealer. 67 tackles this year, three and a half sacks. And that's playing next to Christian Wilkins. Yeah, Christian Wilkins is a beast of a man. He's had more tackles this season than any D-tackle has had since 2012. Just a monster year. Did it at the right time because guess what? He's a free agent after this season. The Dolphins spent a lot of money with their deals on Tyreek, with their deals on Xavier Howard, with their deals on Chubb, their deal on... Manuel Agba. they have a lot of money invested in players already. Let's not even mention the Byron Jones contract, but I think he'll be cut, so I think that that's a moot point there. They're wanting to keep Wilkins. I expect them to probably have Ogba be gone. plus there's you know, they're gonna have to free up other space, you know, not to mention that Mike Gusecki is a free agent as well. I expect Gaseki to probably be gone just because they haven't really used him in this offense as much. My point with all this, though, is grab Zach Sealer now and see how it shakes out. At worst, you're getting a top 15 defensive tackle next year and at best, top 5. I think that he can absolutely be killer in the run defense for the Dolphins next year if Christian Wilkins is not there. I hope Christian Wilkins is there because, once again, dominant force. But, money talks you only get so many contracts people are going to go out there and try to get the bag however they can and if the dolphins can't pay him somebody will pay for that man moving on to a couple linebackers that we're going to talk about the first one is a guy that i've been high on all year that's troy anderson of the atlanta falcons late season michael walker is taking a back seat to troy anderson Really because, like I said, they want to see what the rookie can do. He's been extremely solid when given the chance to play. And Walker has a really easy out in his final contract for the Falcons. And even if they want to keep Walker, he's only costing them a little over $1 million. That's not money that you feel like you have to start a guy with. Money is important to follow. Contract years are important to follow. And on top of all that with Walker, the other linebacker, Rashawn Evans is a free agent as well after this season. And he is the one I think will be gone because he's likely, in my opinion, he's likely to make his money on free agency. He had a good year. He got cut from the Tennessee Titans before the 2022 season, if you remember, and got picked up by the Falcons. This guy realizes that it's not for long league. He already got guaranteed money taken away from him from his rookie contract when he got cut by the Tennessee Titans, who ironically really need linebackers right now. But that's beside the point. Rashawn Evans is going to go somewhere and try to make as much money as he can. I don't think he cares what the scheme is. I don't think he cares whether he's going to be beneficial in it or not. He wants to make sure he's going to get his money. I don't think that's going to be with the Atlanta Falcons. They are in a rebuild situation. They're not going to put a lot of money into it over Sean Evans when they drafted a Troy Anderson in the third round, and they have Mikel Walker on the roster already for another year for a little, a little over a million dollars. They're just not going to do it. It's bad business. So Anderson has a direct line become very fantasy relevant in 2023. So if you're able to pick him up, he hasn't had big games. He's not on anybody's radar unless, you know, it's a really deep dynasty bench. Pick him up. Hang on to him. See how this plays out in the offseason and see what happens. If both those guys are gone, really great. If one of those are gone, it's still fantastic for Troy Anderson going into 2023. Final guy that I'm going to talk about, one of my favorite players from the 2022 draft, N'Kobe Dean for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, yeah, he's on that team. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, You wouldn't by watching their games because what do the Eagles do? They keep the same linebacker on the field essentially the entire game. So Dean has hardly seen any action this season. Which if you listen to my podcast from the beginning of the season, I predicted, I predicted him as a bust because people were very high on him and I knew, or I didn't know, but I, knew, I didn't know, I expected him to basically have a red shirt year. And TJ Edwards has been great for the Eagles. I thought maybe down the stretch TJ Edwards would give it to... Dean, but he's played really, really well. But T.J. Edwards is also a free agent after this year. The Eagles are gonna have to try to figure out a lot of cap situations as well. Miles Sanders is a free agent. I think he's gone anyway, though. They paid a lot of money to A.J. Brown. They might start thinking about paying um, Jalen Hurts. They, you know, they've got a bunch of D linemen that are, you know, gonna start asking for some money after how good they've been. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a free agent after this season as well. A lot of people and a lot of question marks on how that's going to go. So, if Edwards wants a lot of money, who's saying they're not going to go with the third-round pick? N'Kobe Dean to play. The most snaps N'Kobe Dean has played this year were 15 against the Tennessee Titans. So what did he do with that? Oh, a ho-hum. Five solo tackles, one assisted, and one tackle for loss. In 15 snaps, he was involved in six of those plays. Almost 50% of them he's getting points on. Obviously, that's not sustainable by any stretch of the imagination, but the dudes could play. It's just a matter of time when he gets his chance. And once he gets his chance, he'll never look back. I just... Once again, if you are still able to pick up players in your league, grab him. Trade for him to the guy that, you know, had him. Unless you have to cut down your rosters and wait to see him on the waiver wire because somebody's not going to hold on to a dude unless they're really adamant about it or they listen to Defense Wins Fantasy Podcast, part of the Fantasy Hawks Podcast Network, to keep him. When you're telling me that he's had like 20 tackles on the entire season, I don't even think it's that high and you're justifying trying to keep him or another player, it's just not something that you're going to do. So throw some random number, 13 tackles, sorry, 13 tackles on the season. Throw some random 5th, 6th, 7th round draft pick out at him, or throw some higher-end guy, get somebody back, and have him just be as a, oh, throw in, let's just bounce it out player-wise, you know. Start to think about GM mode on how you're going to get some of these players very by lows to be able to get them onto your team so that they're going to rise the ranks and become dominant players in the league as far as defense goes. So with that said, that's kind of where we're at right now. As I stated, as the offseason goes, we're going to start talking about the draft, the incoming rookie's dynasty aspects for defense have some mock drafts down the road but we're just going to talk about team needs we're going to talk about a lot of stuff we're here for the whole off season we're not abandoning you so buckle in let's get it done and remember that defense wins fantasy we'll see you guys next week